0: Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since
1: 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. everybody it's eddie trunk and it's time for another edition of the eddie trunk podcast which is new every thursday podcast one.com and itunes hope you guys are doing well and thank you for downloading streaming checking out the eddie trunk podcast wherever you grab it whether it it be itunes or of course at podcast one.com Always good to have you tuned in for an episode talking with some of the biggest names in rock. Hope you guys enjoyed last week with Joe Elliott and Neil Sean. If you missed that, be sure to go back and grab some of the past episodes of the Eddie Trunk Podcast and save them, listen to them at your leisure. If you're hearing this on post-day on Thursday, then that means I am just getting back from my first of two back-to-back cruises, Cruise to the Edge, which is a progressive rock cruise. And it means that I've got a couple days off in Tampa, and that means that tonight, or today... And tomorrow, the 8th and 9th of February, if you're listening on those days and you're in the Tampa area, I'll be at the Hard Rock, the Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa, where I'll be broadcasting my volume show live from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time from the Hard Rock Cafe in the casino on Thursday and Friday, the 8th and the 9th. So come on down and check it out if you get a chance. And um, love to have you guys Part of the broadcast, if you happen to be in Tampa. Then from there, I go to Miami, get ready to get on board the Monsters of Rock cruise, which I host and will also broadcast from. So if you have Sirius XM, be sure to listen to all the action wherever you are, wherever I am. Live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time replaying every night 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern are always downloadable to listen to when you want on the Sirius XM app. It all happens on Sirius XM channel 106 volume and the show is Trunk Nation and that show is where the interviews on this podcast originate. You get a little sampling just a little taste of the interviews that I do on a daily basis over on the volume show right here on this program. So. This week, an interview that comes from a couple weeks ago and the Nam show in Southern California. If you are unfamiliar with what Nam is, it is a massive gathering, about 100,000 people from the music community, mostly people who are retailers or equipment manufacturers who gather together to kind of hawk their wares and show off their new equipment and things like that. I was there because I hosted an event the Wednesday before called the Hall of Heavy Metal History, which Lizzie Hale was inducted into. And I also hosted a Montrose show, and I also did an appearance at the Bose booth. So I had a good time there at the, uh, the NAM show with all the great artists that I ran into. Some of them I touched on on last week's podcast. Lizzie Hale was nice enough to come by my radio show, which I broadcast from the Wyndham in Anaheim, California. Lizzie came by with her bandmate and uh, her, her, uh, her boyfriend, actually, Joe Hottinger from the band, Hailstorm, uh, the guitarist in the band. And we had a great conversation about music and other things. Joe and Lizzie are just really great people. They really are. I've known them for a while. They're personable. They're good people. They're still fans. They get it. They don't put themselves above anybody. They're still so respectful about where they came from and the music that shaped them. And it's always been something I've really appreciated about them. They've always worn their influences on their sleeve as well. And a lot of it is 80s hard rock that I certainly grew up with. And Lizzie, who is younger, as is Joe, uh, certainly grew up with to some degree as well, although it was probably their parents' in some instances, that played some of that stuff for them. So it's always great to talk music. Lizzie Hale is an unbelievable singer. She performed, later the night you hear this interview, solo, and I thought it was going to be acoustic, but it was not acoustic. It was Lizzie with an electric guitar, and Joe had said to me, he was not part of the performance later that night, but he did say to me, watch this, it's going to be amazing. And she just comes out and chunks out some chords, and sings over the top of it. And its it was absolutely stunning. I wish I had it on video. She did a little bit of Hailstorm stuff. But then she also worked in some Sabbath. And some other things. It was incredibly cool. I'm sure she's done it before. Maybe you guys have a chance to see it somewhere down the line. But Lizzie's going to talk about uh, what's going on in Hailstorm. And music in general. And, and important to note. She walked in in the middle of me doing a music news segment. With my producer Ed Robinson. So. At the top of this interview, you'll hear it's a a little bit strange because I'm in the middle of some other things and she just sits down and I just start to include her and Joe in the conversation, which was kind of fun. So uh, take it in the context of how she walked into the room and what I was in the middle of and you'll see how she gets to chime in and gets right involved in the conversation. Remember, you guys, if you're shopping on Amazon, always start at Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Appreciate you doing that. Remember to follow me on social media, especially Twitter, where I'm most active, at Eddie Trunk. Also, Instagram and Facebook as well. EddieTrunk.com is the website. All right, a little break, and we'll come right back, and we'll get into it with Joe and Lizzie from Hailstorm on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. So if you guys are looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with the term, like, terms like MSRP, you might even know what it stands for, but what does it actually mean? Same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. And you're really looking for, and what you really want is a price that actually means something. Introducing true price from true car. Now you can know exactly what others will pay, or what you'll pay, I should say, not others, what you will pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car you want. And your certified dealers know this. So they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states.
2: Hey
0: y'all, this is Matt. And Michelle from Thug Kitchen here to tell you about our new show Forked Up, a Thug Kitchen podcast exclusively on podcast one we're stepping out of the kitchen and into your earbuds every week to discuss food politics pop culture basically we're just trying to give a fucking do better get your together with us every thursday on borked up a thug kitchen podcast right here on podcast one download and listen to new episodes exclusively on podcast one.com the new podcast one app or subscribe on apple podcasts
2: thanks y'all
1: This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome back to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. And this week, ladies and gentlemen, it is Joe Hottinger and Lizzie Hale from the band Hailstorm. Joe and Lizzie walked in in the middle of me doing a news segment with my producer, Ed, on my volume show so that's why it picks up in a little bit of a weird spot, but you'll get the hang of it as we go and enjoy a great conversation with Lizzie and Joe on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Were you guys when you first started? Did you read in the press comparisons to you that you sounded like other acts or anything? Um, did you catch any of that
2: for for me, especially when I started developing my voice and everything. There was definite connotations to like Anne Wilson from Heart and stuff like that. Not bad. It, no, it was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that wasn't bad press at all. But it's. But it was. It was interesting to start like developing that and then listen to other singers and not just try to kinda of be that. But um but yeah, I, I don't know. It, like you know, if you if if you wanna laugh at any point in time, you all you gotta do is Google Hailstorm nineteen ninety nine and do the and listen to the kind of stuff that we were doing back in the day. The Kitar days. The Kitar days, yeah. And it I don't know what it sounds like, but it was definitely uh uh, you can't embarrass me anymore. What's Dad. keytar? <laughs> she was oh, rocking it's, it's the like, keytar. It's like it, right, right before I started guitar, I transitioned from piano to guitar, which is basically oh, an upright keyboard.
1: The thing that you that wear you like a guitar? On. Hell
2: like, yeah. You rocked that? Yes, I did. And, and, oh. I, and I loved every minute of it. And now I look back and I'm like, wow. You had
0: had dance moves with your dad and your brother? I
2: did. I made them do that. Pretty awesome. Yeah, because I was watching a lot of 80s music videos, and they had all the, like, okay, everybody's like kind of got some choreography. Like Robert Palmer
1: sort of stuff. But but were you you super poppy at that point? Um, Because that that wouldn't be hard rocking to me. I
2: I think we thought we were more psychedelic hard rock than we actually were. We were listening to a lot of – it was a weird mixture of, like – I want to say Deep Purple and there was like Cinderella in there and Bon Jovi. But without a guitar. But without a guitar. Wait, yes. there was no guitar? There was no guitar, you, guitar. No, You had
0: a little guitar player, dude.
2: Uh, Yeah, that came after 99. Joe, you weren't in this? No. No.
1: no. This, this <laughs> is pre... There was, that's why he's bringing there, it up. That, because pre, because pre, that was, was pre-Joe. <laughs> I know.
2: I know. There, there aren't any YouTube videos of Joe and 99.
1: No. Joe's in like, do the whole interview talking about that because I had nothing to do with <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keytar. Oh, yeah. And his video on YouTube.
2: There is. And, it, and I, I often wonder... So what the hell was that guy thinking? Because it's not like we had anything going on for us. We were just you know teenagers. You know, I was like fourteen
1: and playing. Yeah, and a the, guitar so there's a
0: guy with a big camera. Just you were playing just, in front of some bank, just like videotaping
1: I, like, you guys. And yeah, like yeah, it was some that's street fest that. Oh, we so were playing. it was shot. It was not shot by like your family or anything. Oh no. hell no, no. no. Oh, like, this that's is just some weird. guy.
2: Yeah. yeah, it was really weird, and I'm like, who? I wonder. He that had like guy archives
0: is? of this. He'd come to shows and just video yeah. them all. Really, the time, like zooming yeah. in on. Lizzie.
2: You realize it's like, well, what kind of person kind of does that? When you know, obviously, I was uh, I at the time. I was what 14, and my brother was like 11. Yeah, creepy.
1: It's a little creepy. So, so (laughs) was this posted by the guy? Like after he became popular. After we became
2: popular, all that stuff went out, and it's so funny because some of our 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 fans on Twitter like would start like, "Hey, look what I found! Hey, look what I found!" I'm like, "Oh no!" So that's why I say you can't embarrass me anymore because it's already out there.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, it is crazy though. Like that he knew that to follow you along the way enough to say, "Oh, okay, look now." Hellstorm's popular now. I got this, and I'm just going to put it out there. Well, that
2: well, that's okay. So either He's passed he passed too, so either whatever. he was that smart, yeah. or as in he saw something in us, or he just you know had it for his own. <laughs> reasons and then later on like oh guess what they became popular let me
1: ask you this if he would have come to you and asked you if, if you could put this if i could put that out would you have let him or would you just you know him, paid him hush money oh no oh like
2: like, <laughs> like to wanna me squash now, it. Yeah. oh it's it's fine like the the great thing the the great positive thing about that happening is that when i tell the story about how oh no we started when we were 13 you know oh okay you started in like in your parents living room. like no we were playing like happy hour at bars and street fest and stuff when we were 13 so now there's proof out yeah. there that we were doing it yeah, yeah. for better or worse yeah yeah yeah. that's <laughs>
1: awesome there's an event happening tonight that i hosted last year i'll be hosting again tonight called the hall of heavy metal history and someone being inducted at at, at her ripe old age into a heavy metal <laughs> hall of history <laughs> Do you feel like you've created a ton of history, Lizzie Hill? Uh,
2: it's you know, good and bad, probably. <laughs> we just looked at, the just video looked at from some 99. of it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 that alone, that should be your walkout thing. <laughs> put that, Joe, like put that up on the screen. Good,
2: good. Three AM, like binge YouTube watching. We you just
1: know. pulled up Hailstorm nineteen ninety nine during the break, and we looked at Lizzie rocking the guitar. Yeah. And her dad with the full on dance moves playing oh, the bass.
2: Oh, you know that's that's something I I don't understand either. Like I had I had these grandiose ideas and somehow just my brother and my dad just went along with it. There was nobody saying like <laughs> no, maybe that's weird. No, let's just do that in public though. Yes, absolutely. Of course we will.
1: And let's have a creepy guy show up. It. It. Yeah, of course. But uh tell tell me a little bit about what you guys have going on because this do you come to NAM every year? Are you guys oh, we, regulars?
2: We used to um we we haven't in a second um just from, you know, just we've been busy and it's usually, oh, hey, we're touring now, or we're doing something else. And right now, we're uh, we're almost done making a record.
1: How's so, that going?
2: Good. We're doing it with uh, Nick Resculinitz, who you know is a you know legend in his own right. And, sure. And um, it sounds awesome. And we're just we're excited. Now it's just like, okay, can we get it out now? Yeah, we time? we like we fly <laughs> from so here. Fancy.
0: We fly from here to Canada tomorrow to start a Stone Sour uh, tour with Stone Sour, because so, touring in Canada in January. February. Oh yeah, who does that? <laughs> why not (laughs) apparently we do
1: (laughs) but you know what if you get a chance to play with Corey and those guys you know oh yeah go do it right yeah
0: and uh so we got that it's like two and a half weeks and we go back and finish the record yeah you only have like two weeks left on it just the some vocals and candy stuff on top you know
1: you're doing the record in nashville yeah Mm -hmm. so uh and and nick is producing it and did i read that you you wanted to you're going for a little harder edge with this one is that Uh, accurate it, yeah like how do you how would you it's it's really I hard guess. to describe
0: I, yeah i mean it rocks it, like it's the heaviest stuff Probably, we've ever done which yeah. everyone always says but like it i mean there's some riffs there you'd be like wow i don't know that's crazy and uh i don't know it's just it's cool it's as us as
2: yeah we we don't like don't stay, we just don't like staying in the same lane because you know as you know like album cycles for for rock right now it's like okay three years is one album cycle and you're a whole different person than you were in the yeah. beginning of it. So it's like it's really hard for us to kinda go back so we just kinda keep moving forward. And... Well
0: and we went in there the last we did it so different than the last three records. We went in like last January with Nick and we're like, we don't know what to do. <laughs> like, like we're what like what are we doing? Like what, what do we do? We don't like have any songs or anything. We're just, and he's like, it's cool. It's cool. He's well, like, that's when?
1: where a good producer comes in, yeah. right? Because that's where you really need a producer at that. Phase. And that's so like,
0: like, that's like his forte. He did it with corn He did it, you know, with Rise Against on their new one. He's done, he did it with Deftones and just what he does. And he was like, when's the last time the four of you got in a room and wrote together? And we're like, wow, it's been a while. And he was like, let's start there. And we're like, okay. So we just, who's got a riff? And we just started jamming and he'd like pop in. That was cool do that again like okay (laughs) and just start building songs from nowhere it was great
2: yeah we kind of found our mojo again and and like just our place and and it's just sonically you know i think it's going to be the first time that you can actually hear what everybody brings to the table in our band instead of it just being kind of like oh well okay lizzie sings and there's something going on in the background (laughs) you know so it's uh i mean and especially considering my little brother as a drummer. Nick is like the drum whisperer. He like just loves him and he's such a drum nerd and you know, he did, you know, the last two rush records, right, you know. Right. And and uh he's such a drum nerd and he just brought some stuff out of R J that we're all in the control room like you, how did you get him to do he he just did that. Like and it takes a lot to surprise us with with Little Bro because we know him so well. And so, he's an yeah. amazing player, yeah. yeah so for so. him
1: to have upped his game if is that what you're saying, yeah. he to another level.
2: Absolutely. He's he's at a whole other level and he finally has kind of a producer that has the patience and the, and that uh, just the, I don't know. I I want to say like the psychological, <laughs> how to bring that out of him. Right. Does that, correct? yeah. It's
1: a drum yeah. whisper. <laughs> but did, was that, was that good for you guys to go in? And uh, so basically what you're saying is you wrote in the studio, you wrote as you recorded the record, yeah, right? Well, you, you yeah. Done anything like that before where you kind of went in naked. And no,
2: just... it, from, from literally from, I mean, we used to do that before. Uh, before we were signed you know um, but since our first you know uh, you know released record um, it's been like okay get all the songs together everybody agrees on a list and then we just go in and do it go
0: co-write with a million or go people go co-write with a million people no, and we then, have a yeah and exactly this is, yeah so yeah it was cool our, our guy was awesome he last january he came over to our house and was like so i don't have an agenda let me know when you think you have the record written and we'll start talking and we're like okay we're going to work with like, Nick. Cool. He's like, cool.
1: Are you sick? <laughs> it was awesome. No, what's going on? <laughs> and, and, and was there any, because you were writing in the studio, was there pressure to get it done quickly? Because, I mean, studio time is money time? Or do you guys own the studio? Is it your, your own place? No, or? it's
2: not our own place. Um, we uh, we kind of got car blanche. I mean, uh, as far as label goes, they haven't really been pressuring us at all. It's it's more us like, okay, time to get back on tour. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> you know, it's out. like we, we love you all, but, you know.
1: So. yeah. yeah. Well, I'm looking forward – got a target date to put it out? No.
2: No, not yet. That's the last kind of thing we We got to do here. But it'll
1: be this year. Yeah. Tonight there's an event happening called the Hall of Heavy Metal History, and they are – there's a a great guy by the name of Pat Jezualdo who does this. There's a charitable angle to it. He asked me to host it last year. It was a fun thing. Uh, This is the second year. He has stepped it up big time this year because last year Lizzie and Joe, you guys weren't there, but we were in a little – kind of a little business center uh, oh, wow. about a, a mile from here. And this I'm watching him build a stage out and everything. I'm like, Whoa, this guy stepped it up. So awesome. he must've known because he was inducting you. He, oh, had geez. Up the yeah, right. <laughs> he knows how high maintenance you can be.
2: Apparently. Yeah. We got a diva coming in boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Build it up.
1: How did this get on your radar? Uh,
2: you know, I'm not even really sure. I, I found <laughs> she just out. Found honestly, here. <laughs> I found myself on there was there was a it was floating around. and I'm on a list. I'm like, are you like, are you sure that's you know I'm supposed to be on the list? It's it's really it's really cool and and uh, I just uh, I'm extremely flattered and you know honored because I mean I'm kind of I'm still you know we talk about okay yeah I've been doing this for 20 years but I'm still like new kid on the yeah. in in on the block here and so just to be next to everybody and get to see everybody tonight and you know get that kind of thing going on it's really
1: neat yeah it should be fun and it's cool that it's it it, like bill ward from black sabbath is going to be here and then you're going to be here and then there's uh, this mix of different people so it's cool to touch on different eras different you know different slightly different genres and it should be it should be a fun night and um i was just telling pat who runs it i was so focused on making sure this radio broadcast was working i Oh yeah, I'm hosting this thing. What am I doing? (laughs) I (laughs) I should, in a few hours, I've got to be up there doing it, but yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be loose and all that. You know, during the break, we were talking about festivals and I saw you guys last at louder than life where we were talking and hanging out a little bit. You guys play a lot of them Mm -hmm. and, and, what what do you like so much about them and and are there any cons to them or things you don't like about doing these festivals because there's more than we've ever had in America what your what's your thoughts about what's going on there
2: I I like that there's more than we've ever had because I mean that's something that especially like when you're a kid I mean you see these like live videos or live broadcasts of like your favorite bands are playing you know and and, and you know back back in the day like it was the, most of them were in Europe and so you see all this stuff and like uh, just the 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 uh, it's like the crowd isn't even like individual people anymore it's just one big monster and this thing that you get to play with and you you know there's no way that you can compete with that type of energy and so um we really enjoy it just for that aspect you kind of lose your mind a little bit at the you know just up on stage and with all those people and everyone's there for one reason and that's just to have fun and listen to their favorite bands and it's just such a neat vibe always you know it's there's never any like you never get going to a festival where there's like this negative like wow i can't believe we're all here like there's that doesn't exist uh, Unless, always... it's that
1: fire fest or whatever that one was that was a disaster oh, yeah. <laughs> well Ooh, it can it, it can always Ooh. turn
2: bad it can always turn bad <laughs> no <but laughs> it's always like
0: fun. a family reunion too. all the bands that we've toured with over the years and you make friends with new bands and it's just fun yeah. have you
1: guys um shared stages with bands that you discovered through playing festivals that you really didn't know much about, that you got turned on to some music or bands that you would have seen that way? When
2: was, when was the last time that happened?
0: Um, you know, we kind of got to know the Gojira guys, and we went and saw them on a day off. Um, we had a day off in between. We were oh, all yeah. playing the same festivals this fall, and we saw um, Code Orange opening up for them. Yeah. And I would
1: never... I haven't seen them. Oh, yet. my oh, God. Well, okay. I, I was like... I.
2: I mean, their 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 album is incredible, but I'm so glad that I got to see them live because they just they attack the crowd. They literally just lay waste, oh, it's and so and much and they were and it was so funny because it was so obvious that, you know, most of those people had not seen them before, yeah. and you just see the crowd absolutely turn over in a matter of like. Uh, I would. I want to say like a song or two.
0: Yeah, I've never seen a band like yeah. throw that much energy off the stage, like for thirty. I was like, I was sitting there like looking at them, like my neck was hurting watching them. I was <laughs> yeah. like, Oh my god, that is not sustainable.
1: <laughs> but what's interesting, you know, I, what I have heard about them is that they uh, the. I'm I'm good friends with Ben who uh, Ben Wyman from Dillinger Escape Plan mm-hmm. and he's my he's my neighbor he lives in the same town as me in Jersey actually nice. and they code orange just opened Dillinger Escape Plan uh, retired. They mm-hmm. ended. They did farewell shows just before the holidays because yeah. they're so physical and so insane mm-hmm. that they they're phys- they're
2: they can't they're yeah. truly
1: actually worried about killing themselves <laughs> and and being so really roll. injured. I mean, because they actually do. <laughs> it's it's insane what they do. So they're end. They ended. They just did like farewell shows. And, and Ben's like probably ten years younger than me, and I'm like, dude. And he's like, I'm telling you, you know, you can't do it anymore. But Code Orange was the band that opened their final shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I saw people that were at those shows, and they were like, well, this is interesting because here's Dillinger who kind of set this bar saying goodbye, bring ushering in this band, Code Orange, who's taking that baton. Yeah. So if th- that band's anywhere in Dillinger world, I can't even imagine... You- are they like crazy? It's yeah. crazy, extreme musically too.
2: It, yeah, it's it's uh tempo changes. Um, it um somehow they're exactly. able to like kind of throw all this chaos out there and still have it like make sense in your brain. It's not it's just awesome. chaos for chaos's sake. They're they're crafting this, and it's uh
0: yeah, like they're just super heavy riff changes, tempo me, and they're tight and do, yeah, and they doing and they it, all you know? they're
2: all yelling and. Singing and it's it's cool. But is
1: there singing or is it screaming? It's no, there's some. It's, well, it's, 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 well, it's, well, no, there, there's, there's like some people love <laughs> the like screaming stuff. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. I, it's not for me, but I understand. But that's a thing. I mean, there's. Yeah. I, I, that's why I could never do it. I I, per, I respect it, but I personally can't listen yeah. to yeah. death metal or screaming. They have two
2: two songs that that Reba sings that are more melodic and kind of in the back type Yeah. Of them,
1: and so.
0: and I'm I'm not like a huge metalhead either. I'm kind of the same way. But there's a few bands that like. I just love, like, Gojira and these Code Orange kids are
1: awesome. Gojira, I like what Gojira's doing. Uh, I like the last record because there are moments where he's singing. Again. Yeah. He's starting to sing a little bit. And... um You know, a band that I got into much later in in um, and Troy's coming on this show on Monday. As a matter of fact, is uh, is Mastodon. Mm -hmm. They've they've gotten like I like what they've done more recently than their earlier stuff. Their earlier stuff was proggy, and there's much attention to the vocal. Now there's melody, and they're singing. I mean, that's what I'm a sucker for. I always love that sort of stuff. But I respect. I respect the over the top sort of stuff cuz from a stand- from an energy standpoint you're like oh, this yeah. is unbelievable yeah. but it's not something I'm personally going to crank up in you know my iPod but that's there's a lot of people that do a lot of people Absolutely. love it
2: And th- these code orange kids are uh, like we were talking about before like they're young too so n- who knows what yeah, they'll right. develop
1: yeah. into you know Where are they from are they American Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh yeah Oh they are oh they are yeah. They got the they- Grammy nomination this year they're like killing it and you, you, one of you guys mentioned Reba. Is that a woman?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So girl, there's a woman in the band? A guitar player. Yeah. Wow. Player, that's And she sings a little she bit too. She sings and screams. Yeah.
1: Sure. I always love when you see those things like when they credit it, it's like, um, clean vocal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. <laughs> the person who actually sings, and then there's the here's person the singer, who screams. Here's the singer, here's the screamer. But that's a tough thing. I mean, I was talking to Randy from, from Lamb of God, and he was telling me that on their last record. They, he actually did a song where he sang. And oh, wow. It's called Overlord, I think is the title of it. And he said, I said, Randy, I said, yeah, he finally did one that I, you know, I, I got into that. You know, it's great hearing you sing. And he's like, I'll never forget. He was rock on the range like a year and a half ago, two years ago. And he's getting coffee. And he's just, you know, if you know Randy, he's just shaking. He's like, yeah, but believe it or not. Fans gave me shit about singing, and I am like, "In what <laughs> world do you get shit for singing? Right? versus screaming?" He's like, "Yeah, In he goes, that world, I, I guess. can't do this shit too much more singing, singing like that." way. Well, I got us, I was like, "Do it, you'll, be, yeah. fine. you'll it's be fine. You'll be fine."
2: That's hilarious.
1: Yeah. So um, the other thing I want to ask you guys about is, and I love that you've always done is these EPs where you've done covers. And like you've worn your influences so much on your sleeve, <laughs> and I think it's so cool. For better you... No, but it's so cool that you do that, and you did different stuff like Priest, Dissident, Aggressor, like you know, different things you wouldn't expect. You know, the Manson song you did, you wouldn't expect. So, so when. Talk about the reason for doing that. Like, is that just for fun or is that a way to show the varied influences you had in your career?
2: You know, it's it's a little bit of both. Um, It's to me, it is for fun because it's it's kind of like a no pressure way to get in the studio and do something cool or experiment with different things. And um, in a lot of ways, we get to kind of pick songs that we've never really tackled, even like in our own music, like just the way the riffage is or, you know, or the way that I'm singing. And sometimes that'll inspire new songs or maybe even a direction for the next record. So there's that. Um, but also it's just such a great way to introduce yourself to people because for people that haven't really gotten into your music or you know, can't be bothered to like sit down and listen to your entire catalog, maybe you're playing their favorite song. Maybe you're playing their favorite White Snake song you're their favorite priest song. And if you do it well, like, oh, maybe I should, you know, hang out and listen. And, and then on the other aspect, it's just a fun thing for the already existing fans too. It's like, oh, they did this song and it's just, here's something else. You know, in a day and age where it's like, there's such a small attention span and, in the rock world, like I said, there's like three year album cycles, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, let's put out something new, anything new <laughs> quickly. And so we go in for a song a day. We've done that forever. It's like we book, you know, for like a song a day for the EPs and, uh, and man, this last one. We changed our mind last minute, and uh, the last day we decided to do Ride the Lightning, and the whole time we're doing it, we're like, why did we pick Ride the Lightning again? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait a <laughs> minute. Did that one come out? Mm-hmm. I didn't get that one. So what's on the last one? Ride, you um, did Ride the we did, Lightning? Uh, what's on the last one? Ride the Lightning, um, uh, still, still the Night White Snake,
2: night uh we did hate myself for loving you joan jet just because
0: uh it fell on black, black days oh did, wow we, i
1: gotta get this one yeah uh,
0: then um, we
2: did heathens and then um what one, one of my uh one of our label friends favorite song is uh damn i wish i was your lover by um yeah. oh, what know. is her name yeah, yeah. so so uh, uh sophie b hawkins, sophie so, was, b. hawkins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so we did that anyway and it's like it's it great like, yeah it was, it was
1: funny fun. it was fun wow that's that's so. cr- i gotta get that one did you ta- Joe? Did you take the solo and Soul of the night? Oh yeah,
2: hell yeah! A- and in I ride mean, the lightning, and I've never I've never seen his fingers
1: move that fast. Yeah, so you awesome. did a little John Sykes action. Well, huh? I mean, I wouldn't compare.
0: I-, I don't know John Sykes, and I I just did my thing.
1: But you did the chinka chunca chinka chink all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little thing in there. Yeah, yeah.
2: We were like listening. I don't know about those runs.
1: <laughs> are just those, like, I are those strings
2: that so or is it guitar? Uh, screw it. We'll do it. With guitar.
1: <laughs> you know, it's the reason why I bring that up is because I was watching, like, I'm a huge fan of John Sykes. And a lot of people don't know that John's the guy who actually played on the 87 record mm-hmm. and co-wrote it. And uh, because when those videos came out for those songs, Covered had a whole different band, Lips, yeah. you know, miming every, nobody in the video for still of the night is on the song with the exception of David Coverdale. Uh, it's a whole different band that actually played that music you're hearing. And I had never watched, I never went to see Whitesnake, really, on those tours. I was just such a big Sykes fan. I'm like, uh, not to say that Vivian Campbell and Adrian Vandenberg were any slouches who who did that. But I, the 87 Whitesnake record just had its 30th anniversary, and they put out a special edition. And on it is video and audio of those tours of them. Uh, and I was like, you know, I'm going to listen to this because I'm really curious how those guitar players two guitar players live tackled oh, what yeah. at the time was a new record of all Sykes yeah. and let's just say they did their interpretation of it yeah, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's not you know <laughs> it's, and those are world class players i'm not putting them down but i'm just saying that it was just it's a different that's, a, thing. that's yeah. a different beast and you could just tell that like what Adrian Vandenberg was doing like on the Still of the Night solo is like it's it's kind of over there but it's not really that
0: yeah no i'm i'm i did not I did my version of. I just did what I, you know, right. I wrote my own solo. <laughs> well,
1: as you should. I mean, that's the other thing too, though. If you're going to do a cover, right, mm-hmm. you should actually put some of your own spin on it too. Because if it's note for note, what's the yeah, point? Well,
2: and and you know, and we we've, we've done that nearly every time because you know, and and I know, and I know, you know, bands and and people that have like prided themselves, like, no, we're doing it exactly the same way, even down to the production, like when they do covers and like. But you know, you're never gonna be that band. You're never gonna be that band. You know, so like, don't don't disrespect the 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 song and like uh, try to make a you know a dance version of it right. or something weird. But um, but you know, but do your thing. And so like for us, it's always comes down to like, well, how would we do this live? You know, like if we had to p- perform it tomorrow, how would we arrange this as the four of us? Like, how would we do this? And so um, yeah. So that I guess I mean, with the Metallica
0: with Ride the Lightning, we we kept it pretty close, but. We, could, the, we had we didn't have a choice, we had yeah, one like, day. Be, uh, <laughs> and, but the difference is her ripping it, you know. She yeah, of popped the octave yeah. something that James would never do and it sounded
1: awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, what you did um what was the Pat Benatar song? You did Hell is for Children? Mm-hmm. Was that yeah. that was killer? Oh, Dio, thanks. you did straight through the heart, oh, right? Yeah. Which was awesome. I mean it's it's the choices, that's what I love about it too. The choices you're making of the songs is not what you would It's not, you know, you're not doing hit me with your best shot. You're doing some different things and putting your own take on it, which I think is is amazing.
2: Well, and and that, those type of tracks just make my heart happy. You know, it's like you, you sing something that you've been, you know, listening to for the rest of, you know, for most of your life and and just every time it comes on you just I I don't know. It's like you go back to that, you know, place in your heart where that's that's where it all started for you, kind of thing. And yeah. so and uh, and also it's fun to, to sing those songs because you get to really like just kind of conceptualize like, okay, every song that I sing, whether it be original or cover, should feel like this. You know, it's like I need I want to feel like this when I'm singing any type of song. So it's yeah. It's, where did it's you fun.
1: whose idea was it to do of, of priest to do dissident aggressor?
2: Um, Was it? Because that's a deep Was that Delius? No, I, I
1: think that
0: was that may have been me because I remember I had a priest. Oh no, that was you
2: because we were listening like, to a lot of that.
1: That intro, Lizzie. I want to hear you do we, that. We intro. went
2: down a priest rabbit hole like shortly before that. We're like we should do one of those. Yeah, no, I think that was you.
1: Yeah, because that I don't know if you guys knew this before you did it, but Slayer covered that too.
2: I know. Well, we yeah. actually it's funny because I I we didn't really do our research beforehand, and then we were playing that song. Right, were we playing that song or something? And and right after we had met Carrie King, and he's like, "Who's that dude? Who's trying that to... dude trying to do?" <laughs> trying to, who's that dude trying to help her? <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, it's a chick, okay." <laughs> and then we became friends, but it was just funny. Um, and uh, and he's like, "I I wish I had known you had done that, I would have gotten up." So like at some point in time, we have a. We have a date, Mr. King. (laughs) He's he's going to have a lot of free time soon because he
1: just announced he's ending his band. I I I, 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 know. What what kind of world are we in with no Slayer? How do we have a world without Slayer?
2: I don't understand. We we saw them for the first time live in Japan. uh, Recently uh, or uh, what? This was. 2012. 2012 was the first time we saw the one, yeah. And, um, we were playing this, uh, what was it? Was it, it was, loud park? Yeah. Or, it was loud park. Um, and, uh, the Superdome, the, Yeah. The Superdome, dome. And, um, and, dome. yeah. And they were, they were playing and we're watching with Sebastian Bach over here, just, you know, doing his thing. And, uh, and I, it just it blew my mind and and I, you know you know slayer you know the songs you, like you know how awesome they are but until you see that stuff live oh my God. like what did josh say it's like the sound of war oh, it's just you know awesome. it was just Soundtrack incredible to hell yep.
1: yeah yeah it's it's crazy too but because i have this thing where i am someone who i would much rather see and i've said this many times as bands get older if they don't feel they can do it or deliver like they used to i would much rather see them end mm-hmm respectfully still some semblance of how great they were still with at least a couple original members then stay too long at the party. It's a tough thing because, as fans, you want to see these people go on forever. And there's some people I'll accept anything as long as they're still doing it. But there's a lot of bands that I see that are staying too long at the party. And then yeah. you see bands like, listen, Slayer, Slayer can't go up there and sit on bar stools and strum acoustic guitars. It's no, got no, it to be raining blood, you know, and, and if you, they feel they can't. And I know I know Tom's had a lot of neck and shoulder problems from all the years of headbanging and everything. So I'd rather see these bands leave with a great final here it is, yeah. Memory, like of what they were, then seeing bands like, oh my God, there's like, what this is just not what it used to be. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I Rush did that. I mean, Rush ended the way they should end. They went out and they did a tour. They played their whole catalog chronologically. Yeah. They were in great shape. They played great. And then They're like, okay, we can't do it anymore. And yeah, it, it, it sucks that there's no more and, Rush. And but how, I, I, yeah. I like the last memory of Rush. And, and, yeah. and how
2: big of them to do that? Because like, I'm, th- I'm sitting here, you know. <laughs> In in my in in my thirties, thinking, man, how am I ever really gonna stop doing this? And so I I always I remind them, just like you know those like big hooks from back in the day. Yeah, you're yeah. Like, someone's gonna have to have that on and be like Lizzie. It's sad now. Like you a comedian stop. Bombing, Yeah, you like, just have to yeah. stop. You know, <laughs> someone's gonna like. I'm trusting all of you to tell me.
1: You got a ways to go before so. you're worried about that. I mean, you, you you definitely do. That's the I don't think that's uh that's an issue. We've already established when that. And, and comes then there's, from a, a, and the and there's the holograms. Yeah. yeah so we're we're <laughs> gonna get there's that.
2: There's always technology
1: <laughs> hey before i let you guys go you do, well, you do see a lot of different bands You've, you you toured with um i love the fact that you did that tour with lita ford oh, and yeah. then dorothy where you really had oh yeah three different worlds sort of colliding there and not colliding but you know what i mean dorothy's an even younger artist than you oh, yeah correct yeah and then you and then lita who's like you know, an icon in that world. How, how did that all go? Did you guys have fun?
2: It, we had so much fun, and it was just so crazy because we would find ourselves, you know, just as as, you know, being being a a girl in this industry. I'm I'm gonna now I'm gonna reverse the conversation that I have every single day. Like, what's it like? But being a girl in this industry, it's you you just view things differently by just hanging out with guys all the time, and like you're you're a different type of chick than normal chicks that hang out with girls all the time so it's it's uh it was really neat to like every day we would somehow find find ourselves all in the same dressing room and talking about music in the way that you know we were brought up or just from our perspective as girls and it was it was awesome because here's Dorothy who's like you know you know, LA like millennial thing. And then she's like looking at me thinking that, you know, for some reason thinking that I'm like here, here's a goal, you know? And then I'm looking at Lita Ford, like that's a goal. So it's like, we all have this like weird take on, on, you know, each other's journeys. And, and man, Uh, I don't know what you've talked to Lita, right?
1: I've known Lita very well. Yeah. Lita Ford was the first ever guest in the history of that metal show. Really? That is awesome. She was the first ever guest. I reached out to our very first episode. She was the guest in the pilot. I've known Lita for, for a long time, ever since she started getting back into, to doing things again. And her story is, is incredible. It's it's awesome. I don't know Dorothy though, but I, I've heard nothing but great things, but I don't know much about her. She's
2: so talented. She's really talented. And she, I don't think she really knows it. (laughs) You know, she's not like a diva. She just kind of gets up there and, and she opens her mouth and she does this. She's an incredible, like, Sing, blues man. singer. And uh,
0: she has a new song out. She she's did a record with Linda Perry. She wrote with Linda and they Linda produced it, yeah. I think. Like, cool.
1: Yeah, It's awesome. Yeah. Do you see? Do, I mean, it's got to feel good for you, Lizzie, because at least from my vantage point, it's amazing to me. How many women I see now in rock and playing oh, yeah. in rock bands, like you just mentioned, Code Orange. I didn't know there was a, a a woman in that band, but I see it from my vantage point. Like when I'm out there at all these shows and all these events, it's amazing to me because not only do you see a lot of women mm-hmm. in bands, whether they're, it's an all female band or whether it, you know whatever it is, or it's a situation like Nita Strauss playing with Alice Cooper, oh, yeah. all these all these great things that are going on. But the other thing that's really cool to me that I see is that. Backstage at these shows, at these festivals, and things like that, there's tons of women now on road crews. Oh yeah, that I've never used to see before. Your assistant sitting right here, but I mean, it, it's usually it's the wardrobe person, that's the, yeah. the makeup person. But you're seeing you know people up in the lights and yeah. tour managers and running the show. I think that's awesome. It's definitely I. It's in the last ten years, especially. There's been big strides there. I think.
2: Oh, absolutely, and and it's it's amazing to see that happening because I remember when we first really started touring in, in 2005 after we got signed. You know, D- D- Detroit will tell you like we were the only two. You know there, and so there was a lot of like, you know, like with me or with her, like oh yeah the, uh, yeah, the merch stations over there or the you know or uh, who are you dating in the band that type of thing <laughs> right. you know right. and you know you you brush that but like now it's just kind of like okay it's just all there and it's and it's you know if it's not 50 50 it's close and especially at all these festivals it's just incredible that's why it's so funny whenever um i do an interview and some guys like or or a girl or whoever like so what's it like being one of the only girls in the rock industry and i'm like well this just shows you kind of aren't paying attention yeah no. i'm not anymore you know and uh and it's it's empowering it really is and it's so inspiring because you know we get to watch each other and be inspired by that and be like okay this is it's not impossible, and this is awesome. So.
1: And last thing before I let you go, I just reminded talking about playing other people's music or jamming with people. I just had him on this show talking about it. But from your vantage point, the version of uh, of Nobody's Fool that you did with Tom Kiefer, the duetted with him, and it's on the special edition of Tom's latest record, uh, "The Way Life Goes," is amazing oh, thank you. and I saw the video if you have the there's a DVD in it with mm-hmm. you you guys actually doing it I know for you growing up <laughs> a fan of that stuff that had to be pretty and I know you've done it yeah. with them but to have it on record now is pretty oh difficult.
2: absolutely I mean it it never really gets old and uh you know from the first time where like we were in Alaska somewhere and Joe here and and then his guitar player tony were in cahoots and like gave you know tony tom, Higby, yeah, my buddy T- yeah. tony Higby he, i think
0: tony's listening hey tony hey tony, hey, tony. um
2: east know, gamblers yeah they they hooked us up and like at one point in time like you know Joe came over it's like hey uh yeah tom has your number and he's gonna call you in five minutes like what
1: what's <laughs> happening he wants to sing <laughs> a song
2: awesome. with you and so we ended up doing nobody's fool and then it just became a thing and and when he you know asked me to do it you know do a different version with him and just like it's still such an incredible honor and what a sweet man and just yeah. a golden soul so yeah, yeah lucked out <laughs>
1: yeah. well now it's there for all time if you guys haven't heard it and i know there's a lot of uh you know a lot of guys a lot of uh people listen to this show that like uh tom and the cinderella stuff check out tom's latest record and, and check out um lizzie and tom duetting on that it's just uh Man, I mean, that's some vocal stuff going on between the two of <laughs> you guys. That's great, great stuff. And I'm so happy for Tom that he can do that again after all he's been through oh, with his voice. He sounds incredible sounds and incredible. it keeps getting
2: better. It's awesome.
1: I had a friend of mine, good friend of mine, Doug Burgess, out in Tulsa. He was t- a number of years ago and Tom had had so many problems and then Tom finally did a show and he... Doug called my radio show. He goes, "Tom's definitely singing to a track. It's no way that's real." <laughs> and, that's awesome. and, and Tom, I told, and Tom's like, "That's actually a great compliment." He goes, yeah. "I would never use tracks," but he goes, "That's about the that's best great. compliment yeah. you can get." <laughs> you awesome. sound good. You said we had that conversation off the air about all these bands using tracks and mailing oh, it yeah. in. So you guys keep it real as well, which of course I appreciate. Hey, it's it's so great to see you. Um, look forward to the record, of course, when it's ready, come back on. And oh, when, uh, uh, you just mentioned you're going to Canada. I mean, we have yeah. tons of listeners in Canada. We're on in Canada. So oh, awesome. When does it start? Well, Tomorrow? Uh, Saturday. Saturday is
0: the first show. Stone Sour, us and the Dead Deads, our friends from
1: Nashville. Okay. And then how many shows through Canada? It's like, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's two weeks worth? A couple weeks? <laughs> I don't know. So you're just doing <laughs> a run up there with them, and then you're going to come back and then finish up on back, the yeah. record. Come back and finish up the record, yeah. All right. Well, we'll look forward to the record. Safe travels. Thank, Thank Stay you. Stay warm Thank up you, there. Of course. Well, that was a lot of fun. And again, that interview originated on my serious XM show on Volume, Channel 106, which you can hear daily, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time live and replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern and on demand on the Sirius XM app. I want to thank Katie Rosari for producing. I also want to say a special thanks to Pat Gesualdo from the – Hall of Heavy Metal History for letting me host it and also hooking me up with great accommodations to do my radio show from the hotel around the NAMM show. I've got more great interviews I can bring you in the future, but again, I can only bring you a little taste of what I do on a daily basis on the volume show, so I hope you join me over on SiriusXM. I'll do my best to give you a little sampling, though, each and every week here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast of the interviews that I do. And again, if you're listening to this on the 8th of February and you happen to be in Tampa Today and tomorrow, the 8th and 9th, I will be at the Hard Rock Casino in Tampa, the Seminole Hard Rock, inside the Hard Rock Cafe from 2 to 4 p.m., doing my SiriusXM show on Volume Live. So come by, say hello, and join in on the broadcast if you'd like. Again, that is happening today and tomorrow, if you're listening to this on post-day, at the Hard Rock, in the Hard Rock Cafe in Tampa, before heading to Miami to get ready for the Monsters of Rock cruise. You guys enjoy your week. I'll talk to you next Thursday with another all-new episode of the podcast, which, as usual, is produced by Katie Irizarry. Have a good one.
0: Podcast One has new shows on our new app. Check out all the cool features to help you explore our exciting new programming, like America's Lakers podcast with Jay Moore, So Random with Corinne Olympios, Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, Not Just Sports with Susie Schuster and Rich Eisen, and Sessions with Randy Jackson, as well as your old favorites like The Lady Gang, Steve Austin, Shaquille O'Neal, and Adam Carolla. Get the new Podcast One app in the App Store, Google Play, or PodcastOne.com.